You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you I really think what made the difference was just that I didn't run actually as much as I had in the past when I trained for races, but because I was doing all that, my endurance was still good because of power zone. But I also, I do a good amount of strength and then I ride with a lot of different instructors and not just the other power zone instructors either. I love Cody and I really kind of discovered Liam lately. I really like her. Mm-hmm. Ben is great. There's kind of an instructor for every purpose really i haven't come across one that i'm like please god no um (laughs) it's more than just your output more than a bike when you hear your shout out you know it's all right put on your magic pants and let's go we're cruising into the power zone Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast, episode 230. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hi. Hi. So uh, um, people might remember a few weeks ago, uh, I put out an offer for <laughs> my nerd shirts. You sure did. Because I, uh, I had showed the pictures of, of all the shirts that I was getting rid of. And I was like, hey, if there are any nerds out there who went from a 2X to an XL, like if you want some shirts let me know and so we actually had somebody reach out only only one person and they might be regretting their decision (laughs) to do that that was a lot of boxes it was a lot of boxes (laughs) and so uh for the people uh watching uh on our youtube channel here's how many boxes it was (laughs) there's five moving boxes worth of shirts that and and a few hoodies that we boxed up and and sent to them, and so I I don't know if if they were regretting or not, but it was a uh, Jacqueline Ash, yeah, and I guess her husband uh, <laughs> was like she was like, hey, if nobody else has asked for them, and I thought I maybe I'd even divvy them up, but I guess there aren't that many any nerds that spit fit that hyper specific category of yeah. going from 2x to xl and that want somebody else's clothes yeah and so <laughs> they were laundered it's a smoke-free home out of all my vices smoking isn't one of them it's pretty much just black tar heroin and uh <laughs> um so she didn't tell her husband he came home to five 
boxes unannounced on their front porch and was like, what the holy hell is happening? And so she was like, ta-da, I've given you a new nerd wardrobe. It sounded like he was very happy about it. It sounded so. Hopefully his his friends are going to be like, how come you like the monkey so much all of a sudden? <laughs> I don't understand what's going on there. So, but, uh, but anyway, uh, we hope you enjoy them. And if, if there are certain nerd things that don't scratch your nerd itch, then uh, I take them to the Goodwill or something and they will uh, repurpose them accordingly. Absolutely. So, just paying it forward. That's right. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So uh, what, pray tell, do you have in store for people this week? Well, uh, John Mills is back this week and we're going to talk to him about Dancing with the Stars. We're going to talk to him about a fascinating article that is all about peloton and lawsuits and we'll get into it but it is like nothing you've ever heard before like it's somehow a soap opera got thrown into this thing (laughs) uh and then dr jen stops by and she gives some advice about what to do when you can't exercise at all for months on end uh, and then we have so much news for the instructors they are back to being everywhere everywhere again uh, so we will have all of the places that they are MetPro dropped by Angelo from MetPro and he has tips for how to balance long runs with weight loss from a nutrition standpoint uh, and then Peloton is in the news all over the place so and of course we're going to talk artist collaborations awesome well before we get to all that shameless plugs don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Google Podcast iHeart tune in Stitcher, you name it, you name it, the Zune store, <laughs> which I don't think exists anymore. I don't think that exists. But uh, if you can find podcasts there, you can find us. While you're there, <laughs> be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. And uh, maybe leave us a review. We have a new review. Yes. This is from Solance. Solance. I don't know. They left out a, a vowel and how they spell it, so I don't know. Okay. But it says. Uh, the clip out is by far my most listened to podcast. I started listening to it in October of 2020 while impatiently waiting for my bike plus to arrive to learn everything there is to know about Peloton. One week after discovering the clip out, I had to buy a tonal as well. <laughs> listening to this podcast helps me stay motivated to use both Peloton and tonal consistently. I'm now going back and listening to all of the clip out episodes from the beginning and it's fun to learn more about Peloton before they went public. Thank you, Tom and Crystal for this wonderful podcast. And it says at Anna Hawk. So, well, thank, thank you, you, Anna. That was a really sweet review. And, and <laughs> not to get all inception on you, but I'm going to do a shameless plug inside of a shameless plug. Whoa. And if you can't get enough of us and you love your tonal, the superset, it's just like this, but all about tonal. Yeah. So check that out. And they had their first live workouts today. (laughs) Crystal was very excited. It was. So uh, also, don't forget, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there like the page join the group sign up for our newsletter so you can get all the links and whatnot sent directly to your inbox every week you don't have to go hunting through the uh, page of the group to find it and you can do that at the and of course don't forget our youtube channel at youtube.com slash the where you can watch all of these shows and uh maybe it's good if you're at work and you want to listen but you can't uh download it to your podcast or to your phone to listen to you can just go watch it on the youtubes so uh there's all that let's dig in shall we we shall run lift and live with john mills 
We told you he would only be gone for a week. He's back. <laughs> Eric Goodman, what? slow your roll. <laughs> He was I coming love that for video. You. I, yeah. I did too. I, I love, love that video. It was awesome. But he was coming for your job. Was, did you man. see that? <laughs> that? And then the pause between his seconds. I love the whole thing. That was hilarious. It was hilarious. We posted that episode at like 6 a.m. Central, and he had that video up by like 6.04. So he was, he he was, was on it. He was ready to go. He was... It actually did kind of make my day. I, I think I was like on the plane when I saw that. <laughs> Man, that look at good. you. Look oh. at you, baller, paying for the Wi-Fi on the plane. Humble. I paid for the Wi-Fi. Hashtag humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> they charge you for that, that Wi-Fi on the plane, too. A little too much. Man. <laughs> Yeah, but it's worth it if you can watch videos like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it enables you to fire up uh, your attorneys with that cease and desist. Right. Before things get out of hand. So that's good. That's, that's for the best. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess since you were out last week, that means that you didn't have to sit through uh, Dancing with the Stars that week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but you did this week yeah and it was it was a uh, greasy week <laughs> yeah. dancing with the stars it was a, it was greasy week it was so yeah i when, liked it it was good it? stuff yeah. i actually generally i watched some of them and i'll make sure i catch code right this time i watched the whole thing me what? and eric what yeah the whole, whole thing, thing. I only yeah, did that the week shocking. Tom was out of town. I don't, that's the don't only tell time. anybody else that. Though. You know you're telling everybody right now. Right? You know that. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but because of this, Echelon is actually uh, doing a Grease 2 week. <laughs> Would you like a weird piece of Grease trivia? Oh, of course, oh, Tom. Yes. yes. So when they made Grease 2, the plan was that they were going to... Um, make more of them right they wanted to make yeah. they saw it as a franchise until they saw yeah. the finished product and america said no thank you um right and so they had already written two more scripts oh and so the script for grease three this is a true story sat in a desk drawer for years and then they yeah. finally pulled it out and they retooled it and that script became high school musical are you serious? As a heart attack. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I forgot about that, but yeah. you have told me that piece of I, trivia before. Yeah. So anyway, there's some grease I, trivia for everybody. So back to Cody and Dancing with the Stars. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it was it was a big week on Dancing with the Stars. Um, for for those of you who only care about Cody, I I won't go into detail, but I will just say points were being handed out like candy bar up there. It was like it was like it was Halloween, and they were just like throwing the candy, throwing the points, you know. Out. It was, uh, in point inflation, it was like Brazilian currency. It was, it was crazy, and then and then um, Cody went last, and you know the points didn't. They weren't as free with the points anymore. Like I was like, they have run out. They have run out of points. They I guess out. so. Yeah. I guess they ran so. Out of points. <laughs> well, you know, you know, every week I go, wow, Cody killed that. How come he didn't get the same number of points? And then everybody will tell me, well, I mean, he was good, but it wasn't like that, John. And I'm like, what? What? Like, I just don't judge. Well, this is the first week where I was like, okay, well, I I guess I hear what the judges are saying. I, I mean, I guess. 
I, uh, I mean, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of see it too. I mean, <laughs> he just seems a little stiff. It was a little stiff this just week. A little stiff, I guess. Yeah. You know, not only is it a little bit stiff, but I, I just, he didn't seem. They they seemed a little far apart, you know, and I think that's what yeah. Lynn was talking about with the frame. Yeah, you know, and right. Yeah, it just. This is the first time that I, I okay. This is the first time I can go. All right, you guys, I guess you're right. Yeah, you, I, I saw it. You know that I whenever people dance well, when it looks effortless, and this one did not right. look quite effortless. It it just. It also got me thinking. Okay. It got me thinking about okay so. I think they do the calculation based like on percentage of viewer votes. And then they take percentage of the points you got of overall points from the judges. Right. And they put those together, I think. Yes, that is exactly right. So Cody might not ever go home, right? I mean, thank you. I think he's probably getting like some 30 plus percent of the vote. And they know that. And that's why they keep putting him at the end of the show. Like that is not an accident. Uh, He has been at the end of the show every single week. Him and and Jojo Siwa almost always. Well, I think one week she let off. Well, this week she was way early on, too. Okay, what's she? But still, it would make sense that you put your strongest. You know, I think she's a really strong dancer. I don't know that she's getting the same numbers that Cody is putting up, honestly, because. Right. Like it, it when they start talking at the end about who's going home, like it mm. was a legit shocker this week because it was Mel C and Olivia Jade was the other one. Right. And like right. they were like, neither of you should be going home. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. from a da- from a dancing standpoint, if you were just going by judges scores, just by judges right. scores, the right. bottom two would have been Iman and, and Cody. That's who would have been yeah. over there. But he wasn't. Yeah. So there Did you, you go. see Mel C's face? I like. This is like a whole soap opera. I was feeling all bad for Mel C. I was like, oh, she is hurt up there. She is hurt. I know. I know. I'm too invested in this show. I know. It's <laughs> it's a little heartbreaking. And then Cody's like, yeah, I made it till next week. Out of my way, bitches. <laughs> See y'all. Deuces. <laughs> Which good for him. I mean, he's not doing anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? I love he's it. I love it. But it also got me wondering. Is this like the standard kind of, I guess it is, the show's been on forever. Has, does this happen other years where there's just like some person that yeah. just has a lot of people flooding so. votes I, and then they keep going through and somebody's off, much, the judges are kind it's of It's a upset. common occurrence in reality television shows like this. I know American Idol would run into that where it was like, there was a guy named John Stevens who was like, he sounded like Mike, like a Michael Buble kind of thing, and but he yeah. was like this kind of like, nerdy lanky kid with bright red hair and he was the only person who was doing that kind of music and so he okay. like he was scooping up all of those votes and, right. and and so even though he wasn't maybe as good or as sellable as some of the other people he kept getting pushed forward week to week and right. people were getting really mad about it and then the matter people <laughs> got about it the more his people rallied and so like there's there's been things like that and before you know that's what the peloton community is gonna do because we don't we don't stop voting okay like no it doesn't matter uh-uh. we have loyalty to the core we of, love our people a lot of type a's out there in the world of peloton oh yeah oh yeah so oh you don't like our votes well you know what i was only voting on my phone now yeah. let me go get every phone in the house yeah. and vote from them and i will go online and I will do those votes too. Like I, that's that's all they've done. I will that's all they've two, done. I will add two lines to my family plan. <laughs> that's right. So I can vote. Even I only more. need to do it for six more weeks, and then I can cancel that shit. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> but well, people... I just like the whole drama of it. I mean, just seeing the judges go, you guys shouldn't be in the bottom. <laughs> and, and then seeing the comments afterwards of the people that are Mel C fans. Oh, now, right. I just want to get other people to vote so we can keep this drama going. Yeah, well, th- I think that's where we are because, yeah, as Tom just had up on the screen, uh, there were there were some comments that it should have been Cody that went home. It wasn't anybody else. It was no Iman. It was Cody. Cody should have been the one to go. So he's out there making some people mad. Yeah, yeah. This is good stuff. This it is, is good, good stuff. stuff. It's all great. The, all this the Mel is good C TV fit. right here. All the Mel C fans are out buying echelons. They're like, we'll show you. You know what I also noticed? Like, I feel like Cody has the same impression as I have been having every week. Like, I just see his performances as just like he just did really well. And before he's getting judged, you could see like it feels like he feels that he just killed that. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And then when the judges start talking, it like it feels like it's hitting him a little bit by surprise. Well, which is how it's been hitting me. I will say that, you know, regardless of technique, um, he mm-hmm. gives it his all from an energy standpoint. Oh, yeah. And oh, um, yeah. and and they are at a disadvantage because they have been apart for more weeks right. than anybody else. Like everybody else has had right. so much more time to rehearse together. And that makes right. a huge difference. And so that's not really the judge's problem, you know, but right. it is a thing. And so I, right. I think that Cody is absolutely giving it his all. I think he's killing it. And, and like when I say, oh, he's a little stiff, it's a little this, it's a little that. Like, let me be clear. He's doing about, oh, I don't know, a billion times better than I could ever right. do. And learning those dances so quickly. Right. I, that's the most impressive thing to me. I don't know how in the world they learn these things this fast. And to be on and the And then the can perform them. So well that it's I can't my eye doesn't pick up on some footwork problem. To me, it just looks like they just killed it. That's why we're not judges. Know? Yeah, that's why I'm not a dancer. <laughs> and because nobody knows those, who we are. Uh, that, there's, <laughs> that, there's that. There's <laughs> <laughs> that. There, that too. Fine, Tom. <laughs> so uh, Nasdaq dot com. Uh, so the website, not the actual trading board sure uh had an interesting article about when will peloton break even yeah i mean i you know i thought the original thought was (laughs) of their i I believe the original statement from peloton you know a couple years ago was it was 2023 i think bingo bingo and yes this, this this is suggesting that it's 2024 not only are they saying it's 2024 but if i interpret it correctly john didn't they also say that that's only if they grow 49 percent? if they don't hit 49 percent growth then it's actually going to be significantly longer and so i disagree i think peloton knows what they're doing here i i feel like they were dead on they always said 2023 we know 2021 was like a weird um, occurrence. Nobody expected right. that to happen. And then once it did, they were like, nope, we're right back to 2023. And they didn't skip right. a beat. Now, until I hear otherwise at an earnings call, I'm going to go with Peloton. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the piece of it that was new new to me as well. But I guess I said that wrong, that they weren't going to be pro- become profitable until 2024. And th- I guess this is aligning to that. But, but yeah, the fact that they would have to g- grow 49% year over year Mm-hmm. In order to actually hit this, you know, long-standing intent, yeah, I, that made me. Um, that was unusual to me. That's not what I would have expected. But I agree. I'm kind of with with what Peloton said. I mean, if they they say that's where they're going to go, I I, I kind of believe it. So, 
Yeah, we'll keep watching. So when you say 49% year over year, are you saying that they have to grow 49% over and above the pandemic year? Well, each year would have to grow 49%. I mean, because that was so unexpected. So yeah. like you would almost need I mean, how could you replicate that? I don't know. They're still they're still managing to do that. I mean, this year, the growth has not slowed down. The The profit slowed down, but that's because of the treadmill stuff and, and because of all the money they spent on R&D and all the money that right. they spent on helping people get their treadmills faster, their bikes faster. Right. Um, so like when you take all that out of, the, out of the equation, they would have still been profitable. And so so the growth itself is still like crazy good. Yeah. And with the treadmills that they have sold, the smaller treadmill that is still out there, I think they're going to be just fine. And we know there's new products coming. So I think right. these people are also not taking that into consideration. So I, I think 49% is completely doable for Peloton. I mean, if you look at like, you, like I guess the question you were asking, Tom, if you look at their growth from previous years, I mean, they were well exceeding Right. Pace. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be coming down if it was only, you know, 49%. So, so I guess from that perspective, you'd think it's, it's probably logical, but we know also that there are more competitors now, more people in this space. Now people are out and about a little more. Now we don't, we don't have that kind of pandemic push. So I think they're probably taking that into consideration. And I think that's where the question is with regards to whether or not they can persist that, but but like like you said, Crystal, I mean, we got new new products coming, and they're much more global now, and they're changing how they're doing manufacturing. And so, you know, I'm still kind of siding with what Peloton has planned. So far, they've been pretty right. Yeah, yeah, they really have. Right. Peloton in court. Who's suing Peloton now? It's like bonus John Mills. We get a sweeper. Within his segment, but that sweeper's so fun. How can we not use it when we have an opportunity? So, exception. Uh, there, there's an, an update to uh, one of the Peloton lawsuits. That's wow. different. Yeah. Now I know this is behind a paywall, so yeah. everybody's just going to have to let me do the recap here. But, okay. Um, but this is this is craziness, y'all. Okay. So just to give a little bit of background, this particular lawsuit that we are talking about is going way back to when Peloton, the great purge, when they, they had all the problems with the lawsuits with the music industry and they got rid of a ton of classes. And ever since then, there has been a uh, class action lawsuit that has been building. And it has been because they used the term ever growing in their marketing back then. And so they didn't ever grow. They got a little smaller and it wasn't just, it was ruled not just puffery, which is what it's a Peloton, legal term. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, I didn't make that up. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, now we're going through the process of this class action lawsuit and it got to the point where September the courts it was time for them to actually certify the class that's what happens in these class action lawsuits and Peloton came back and said no you should not do that because uh, you should not certify this class because the guy who's the lead plaintiff, he's a Eric liar. Fishin. Yes, Fishon. He has made uh, misleading statements. He has lied. He said that he was only a plaintiff in one other lawsuit. Uh, he claimed that he was an attorney when he reached out to Peloton, lied about that. When he was asked about those emails in the deposition, he lied and said he didn't say that. And then none of this, like none of the things he's saying about Peloton are true. There's another plaintiff that is a woman. Alicia Perlman. Thank you. 
and Alicia Perlman, she knows nothing about any of this. She's a plaintiff and she doesn't understand Peloton. She's never, she doesn't have the classes. Oh, and get this, get this. She applied for a job at Peloton and was denied that job. And she's still trying to be a plaintiff. So Peloton was like, no, the plaintiffs you have in place are not adequate. They should not be certified. Uh, so it's like a whole soap opera. I know, right? I got questions. Okay. Number one, <laughs> I want to know when they say he he's the, the lead plaintiff. What he said that he wasn't a plaintiff on any other cases, but then they found that he was. Are they talking about other cases? that are related to the same deal against Peloton? They, they did not say that. No, he is okay. apparently going around and participating in multiple class action lawsuits. Like, it seems to be... That's his gig. So class action that's lawsuits his, against, that's could, his jam. So he's involved, uh, or at least someone with his same name. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Need right. to be careful, because the dude likes to sue people. I'm right. sure he's very attractive. It's alleged. Yeah. It's alleged. Uh, Just throw alleged in there a couple times, and I think we're good. But he <laughs> was involved with the lawsuit uh, for Kellogg's uh, for saying that their some of God. their cereals were healthy when they had some sugar in them. Wow. And then, so he just does this. Yeah, this Colgate. He, he sued Colgate Palmolive about over the claims of the charcoal toothpaste. And then uh, I also found something where he sued Marriott over a data breach. So oh, wow. he's but he, then tried to lie about it on the stand. This. Like, how right. are you then a plaintiff? And this is your gig. And then you right. also try to lie about it. You perjure yourself. Like, how is that OK? Yeah. Peloton said that the plaintiff's counsel is also inadequate and they're not keeping that their clients informed that this is an attorney driven litigation and they're the plaintiffs are uninvolved, inadequate, have atypical claims and where individual issues predominate. That that is right where my second question is. You know, it seemed as though Peloton was very clear about what that secondary plaintiff knew and was informed of because they they talk in there like she doesn't know anything. She's not being informed and she did she doesn't even know how this is working. Like as if they've talked to these people. Maybe they did during her job interview. <laughs> Or if they were deposed, I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, totally. I'm sure it was yeah, deposition, I, but the job interview is funnier. But, yeah, but, right, yeah, my, I like, yeah. but my, yeah, my guess is that they probably, like, within their deposition, throw some Peloton trivia at them. You know, they're probably like, so when you were doing your, you know, when you were logging right. in, did this happen? And she's just like, um, I don't even know what that means. Right. And all of a sudden <laughs> right. she's stumped about basic things like that. Something like that. But it was clear they had some communication. I was like, wow, yeah. this is wild. And the <laughs> fact that he was sending letters to Peloton as if he was an attorney. Right. And he isn't. This is hilarious. This it whole is. thing is hilarious. Wouldn't it be, I mean, talk about hilarity, I would be very amused if the whole thing got thrown out because of this. I can see that happening because all of this is just crazy. Like, I mean, know. you got to figure, you know, at the end of the day, the person that makes the decision about throwing this case out, the judge, is still right. an attorney. And if there's one thing right. attorneys That's all true. agree on, you don't get to pretend to be an attorney. Like, oh, right. They, 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 yeah. That is... That is frowned upon. That's a no-no. And they're not going to like <laughs> that. That's not good. But because drama never dies, the end quote comes from the plaintiff, the, the counsel for the plaintiffs, and they say, right. we're putting our remarks together to answer this. <laughs> it's due shortly. So to be continued, 
There is more in this that drama. I that statement, too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I'm going to translate that. Okay. There's my translation. Okay, do it. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's, that's legal speak for humana, humana, humana. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's how I read that. Yeah. Wow. It's like, how do you in legalese recreate the, the gif of Homer Simpson slinking back, back into the into bushes? The bushes? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that was. That is hilarious. Oh, I'm expecting well, this to go away. I, I may be wrong. But I would like it to go away. Work. It's always been ridiculous. That would be the final. That, w- that would be pretty pretty poetic justice, in my opinion. Yeah, the, the Kellogg's lawsuit ended with uh, if you went to the website and, and gave them your name and, and swore that you had bought some Raisin Bran or something, you got 16 bucks. Like that's oh, well, you know, you know the lawyers always win <laughs> right. on these things, not exactly. not the plaintiffs. Right. Precisely. Right. So, so. <laughs> well, thank you, John, and welcome back. It's great to have you again. Yes, it and, is. Uh, until it's great to be back. Until next week, where can people find you? They can find me in my Facebook group or page, Run Lift and Live. They can find me on Instagram, Run Lift and Live. They can find me on the Tickety Talk, yes! Run Lift and Live. <laughs> <laughs> Loving all those new videos. I love them. They're so (laughs) fun. (laughs) Getting the psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us once again is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. You may know her from her app called No More Diets. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hello. Hey there. Glad to have you back. Uh, one of our uh, clip out listeners needs some help. This this one comes from Pat Darling. She would like to know how to cope when you cannot work out at all for four to six months. She is recovering from cervical spine surgery. Uh, now she's, I know, she's always worked out in some capacity five to seven days a week. And right now she can only walk on flat surfaces, but now the walking hurts her knee. So it's going to be a very oh. long recovery. Oh, Pat, I, I feel for you. Like I, I really, really do. Um, you know, first of all, I think that you want to check with your doctor to see can you do a very light stretch class, a five-minute stretch class? Can you do a five-minute yoga class, like a floor yoga class, or even, um, you know, Kristen McGee in particular, and I think a few of the other instructors, but I know Kristen does a chair yoga class, so you don't have to even be able to stand to do it, and that could be a good option for you. You know, I think that there, you know, there are a few issues. One is kind of the issue of if you're someone who counts on your workout to handle your anxiety, handle stress, handle depression, any of that kind of stuff, then, you know, that's kind of a a bigger issue. If you are looking to get your check mark, that's a different issue. And that can easily be done with the meditation in order to kind of stay connected. And I also think that we become part of this community. And I think it, it would feel very strange to not be connected in any way whatsoever. Like I know there are times where I, before I go to bed, I'll do a meditation. I'll look and I'll be like, oh, there's Susan in Iowa and there's Jane in Germany. And they're like, I'm not alone. We're all meditating together. And there's a sense of of community. And so I I really want to encourage Pat to stay connected with the community, whether it's on Facebook or through the clip out or Instagram or anywhere like that 
to also try to look into the chair yoga, any stretching classes when you when your pain dissipates. Can you do a light walking class outdoors or on the tread? And just to try to stay connected and do things that are light and easy. And if you can't do a meditation so that you can stay connected. You know, we were talking to uh, one of the tonal coaches the other day, Nicolette, and she suggested something that I not about this, but I think might be applicable here. She was talking about how she doesn't really like to do yoga, but she feels like she should. So she looks for like yoga that's a little easier. And yeah. uh, and so if, if the suggestion I'm making does not work, please tell me. So we're not giving her bad advice. But she says she she'll a lot of times she'll do the pre and postnatal stuff because it's a little bit easier. I, well, I think in this case, um, Is that too, I, I think it too, still might be too okay. intense because they're telling her not to work out at all. I think I think the most she's going to be able to do is is what Dr. Jen is okay. suggesting, which is like really like like minimal Shared. stretching, minimal okay. movement. Yeah. So as usual, ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> but that might be good advice for somebody that's in a similar but not identical situation looking for something exactly. a little lesser. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I, someone who's like pulled a muscle in right. their Achilles or something and, you know, like or their arm and they they can still do some yoga, but they may not be able to lift heavy or, you know, do the cardio that they're used to. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice, as Absolutely. usual, Absolutely. as always. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for tackling that question for us. Until next time, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media at Dr. Jen Man. Two ends on Jen, two ends on man. I post on my Insta stories, all of my workouts, all my Peloton. So you can find me there if you want to know what I'm doing, which classes I'm taking. And also in Style Magazine, I have a column that comes out every Wednesday called Hump Day with Dr. Jen. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away a hundred or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles for your $25 you're not sacrificing comfort safety or style if you want to support the show and pick up a pair gooder is giving the clip out listeners free shipping on their first order just go to gooder.com slash tco that's g-o-o-d-r.com and use code tco to get free shipping gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. Man, oh man, do you love your AG1? I really do. You do. It's a wonderful tasting drink and it also makes me feel good. Like it's a great way to start the day. Uh, you know, I grew up, my dad always had things like tomato juice first thing in the right. morning. I feel like AG1 is my tomato juice. <laughs> <laughs> this generation's V8. Yes. I, I do. Uh, but I love the way it makes me feel. It's like I get all of my vitamins and I'm ready for the day just with a drink. And like I said, it's a good tasting drink. 
drink. And it can help replace your, your multivitamin just by drinking an AG1 every day. Yes, and not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. It also has vitamin C and zinc to support my immune health. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com slash clipout. That's drinkag1.com slash clipout. Check it out. Instructors in the news. So uh, Bustle.com has a uh, nice little article, not little, about uh, Hannah Frankson. She wants fitness to feel less serious. Did you get a chance to read this one? No. Uh, So, uh, you know, Bustle is all about, uh, they kind of like do these little profiles. Mm -hmm. And so Hannah Frankson, she has this kind of way on the bike where she's playful. You know, she's fun. Like she wants to be taken not seriously and so you know as you can see in the pictures she's you know she loves to dress up for the right. classes this one was for festival when they had festival um and uh she just likes to have fun and she's always posting really fun content and she's really close to her mom she posts things about that and she does she's not like your typical fitness influencer where everything is like let me show you how to put on my makeup and here's what i'm peddling this week and you know and i and i'm not i'm not right. bagging on those people we either <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm just saying she doesn't do that. Sure. Like she's she operates a little bit differently. And so basically this article is just kind of summing that up. Awesome. Yeah. And I said festival week. It was carnival, ah. not festival. Sorry. And then the Boston NBC affiliate had a uh, an, a nice piece on Emma Lovewell. They did. And this was talking about how uh, she went from Boston to find success at Peloton. The title is From a Small Island to the Big Apple and how she became successful at Peloton. But I think that she's always had a bright light. So it's not shocking at all that she's doing so well. I'm really bad at geography, but is is Boston an island? Boston. I, maybe there's an island next to Boston. I'm just like trying to figure out where the small well, island is. Well, you know comes what? In. This was in a Boston news outlet, but I believe, isn't she from Martha's Vineyard? Oh, okay. And so that's like, that is an that's island. That's an island. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Got it. I'm glad you clarified that because I'm sure somebody would have added me about it. Probably. So. <laughs> that's what people do. <laughs> You know, up there northeast. When you live in the Midwest, it's all up there in the northeast. Totally. We don't we don't even know. We're too busy. We're from St. Louis. We're too uh, busy worried about getting uh, mugged every every day. So <laughs> Not true. <laughs> <laughs> but that is what we make all the lists for. <laughs> that is true. And we have a free zoo. <laughs> That. That's always our response to everything. We're like St. Louis is the murder capital of the world, but we're we like, we have a free zoo. But the zoo is free. <laughs> it is an awesome zoo. It is an awesome zoo. <laughs> you wouldn't think when we said it was free, you would think it'd be like two ducks and a chihuahua. But like, but it, it's it has all the things. It's an amazing zoo. It really like is. it really it rivals. <laughs> I think the only one that's considered better is is San, San Diego. Diego's, and uh, and that's like a hundred dollars. I was like, and that's do. not free. Yeah. <laughs> so. Moving right along, Alex Toussaint was on the Scott Van Pelt, Van Pelton, 
Van Patten. I don't know. It's an ESPN thing in sports. I don't know. He's a sports guy, and it's an ESPN <laughs> podcast, and he was on it. The name of the podcast is SV Pod. So if you're looking for it. But see, um, I think it's a play because his name is like Scott Van Pelton. Or, and so like it's a really oddly named podcast. It's where I was struggling because it is it SV pod. Is it SVP pod? Because that's his initials. Or like I, I don't I cannot figure out what they actually call this stupid show. Maybe we should listen. <laughs> well, it's on Spotify and I was listening to a playlist and I didn't want to have to stop my music to to listen to the first 10 seconds of the podcast. It's I, just I would rather complain about it. OK, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess when we say things about people adding us, I guess you are one of those people. I'm not adding them. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying I don't I don't understand, but I don't want to understand because it's sports and I don't care. Okay, but well I'm it's, happy an for ESPN, Alex. it's an ESPN. It's an ESPN podcast. We know that much, and we're happy for Alex. Yes, and yes. he talks about he talks about his new partnership with uh, Puma as well. So Puma. So if you've been curious about that and what Alex's thoughts are, you can definitely check it out on this podcast. And we may not know the name of it, but the link will be included when the newsletter comes out. And to be fair, that podcast dropped today. So we didn't even have that much of a chance. So just saying. But to also be fair... There's no amount of time that, that it would matter that it would have mattered that I would be like, <laughs> I will now listen to this sports podcast. <laughs> there's there's no version of events where I where I would listen to it. So got it. Got we're, it. That just, to be fair to the be fair. OK, that would be fair. I'm Mo- glad we're all fair. Yes. <laughs> Moving right along. Peloton apologizes to veterinarians everywhere. Well, I'm glad that they apologized. They said they were looking into it. Can we read the apology? Is it included? Uh, I don't know if it's actually, if the apology is actually included, but to back people up in case people aren't familiar oh, with the yeah. story. Oh, yeah. There may be people that don't yeah, know about this. Yeah, so uh, there was a veterinarian who was uh, trying to get the medical discount, and they were like, but you're not a real doctor. Right. And she's like, but I but I am a doctor. I mean, vets do put doctor in front of their their names. Right, exactly. You know? And uh, and they were like, no, it's more for people like take blood or give <laughs> anesthesia. And she's like, but I, but but I do all those. But things. I do do all those things. <laughs> and they were, and so it was like she just hit a brick wall, and then and then I guess it was in the OPP, and people it got some some traction. And it so, wasn't just there; it yeah. was tweeted about, it was Instagrammed about. I'm pretty sure it was on TikTok. I mean, it was everywhere. I w- I've been tagged in this debacle. I can't even <laughs> tell you how many times. And I haven't talked about it. Like I haven't like posted about it because. I knew Peloton would figure it out. But it's one of those things that it's like, on the other hand, on the other hand, like at some point, I am not saying this is the point that we stop. Yeah. Okay. Just to be clear, I don't want to piss off any veterinarians. I love veterinarians. They take care of my puppy. But at the same time, like at some point, everyone's getting a discount. Yeah. And so like, like, I don't know where that line is. I don't know where it is to be fair, but. I'm sure it is difficult to be a company that you're trying to give out discounts for first responders, for example. And then it's like, well, but but they just keep adding. Totally. And then all of a sudden, like grocery store workers were considered frontline. And and then then they were. But it's like, but again, you know, it's we struggle with this where I work. Like we do a lot of Christian concerts and then we and we never offer group sales on those. And then about once a week, I get a call from somebody who's upset because they're like, well, my church group was going to put together in like, yeah, but 
but it's a Christian concert. Everybody's church group is like 80% of our sales are to church groups. It's like we we would just be lowering the ticket price. Right. That's not a discount anymore. Right. And, and normally when I explain it, they're like, oh, yeah, I guess yeah, that. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. <laughs> and, and that's a little bit of a unique situation sure. because it's like 80% of the people yeah, coming but, are in that situation. But yeah, like I don't know where the line is. Yeah, but, if you start doing doctors and nurses and teachers and 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 military and for first response i mean it's just like yeah like at some point like who isn't getting one right so i i get the struggle Me, i'm not getting one yes i'm not and uh but i'm i'm glad that it got fixed for her me too me too so uh maddie majacomo is uh dropping hints about <laughs> what we can expect for halloween this has become something of a tradition it has him. it has he uh he said i just remembered that the spooky season is upon us and he is sitting on a couch next to his giant <laughs> skeleton that he scared the bejesus out of J- just sims <laughs> with which was one of my favorite peloton moments ever uh and if you missed it you you need to take maddie and just sims classes if nothing else around halloween because you never know you never know what maddie is gonna do (laughs) and i love it (laughs) and if you can't get enough of maddie in costumes whether it be halloween or Pride Christmas week. or Pride Week. Uh, he posted some shots on his Instagram so you can see some of his various uh, adventures. <laughs> he cracks me up and, and he posted this specifically. <laughs> so he said, it's true. Sometimes I like to dress up and run on the tread. <laughs> and then the next story uh, image was, what should I dress up as this year for Halloween? I can't even imagine how he is going to top the last two years. I cannot imagine. It's going to be insane. And then while we're uh, talking about Maddie, we should also say that he posted, uh, just thought people would find this interesting. Apparently, they're filming Hocus Pocus 2 near his parents' home. In fact, it's at his the school he went to. Oh, okay. And so that's why it's 10 miles from his house. But, like, they built an entire set and, like, he was showing how there's, like... There's yeah, this is the one that was the one from his school. Uh, it says filming Hocus Pocus at my high school alma mater, LaSalle Academy. And uh, they had like this one of the other pictures he posted was like filming today, quiet on the set, you know, all the stuff you see in Hollywood. Yeah, uh, it was very cool. So I thought that that was appropriate given that it's the spooky season and it was talking about Maddie. <laughs> That's just neat. Absolutely. So that's in Rhode Island, if anybody doesn't know. It's another island up there in the Northeast. (laughs) Are we sure it's an island? Mm -hmm. That one I'm sure about. Okay. (laughs) And then uh, speaking of islands, Boston, which we've established is not an island, is where you could find (laughs) Olivia Amato speaking to the HLTH conference yeah and that was in that was in boston like you said yes but um i thought not this, an island i thought this was interesting because she was speaking at, at like they clearly had a booth for peloton corporate wellness and i just thought that was interesting because you know they're ramping up their corporate sure. wellness and so you know they have these instructors like sometimes it's like we don't realize how much the instructors are doing when they're not working out that's totally. still considered their job yeah <laughs> and that that is that's one of the examples and what a great position peloton is in when you think about it right that it's like that they can um go to something like this and they now basically are staffed by celebrities that they can send to like oh this is a big wellness conference that we want to try and get more business for the app for you know with the different uh, hr departments we can send an instructor and we'll be a big name and people want their pictures taken and you know what I mean that's it's a really fascinating position in which they find themselves it is 
And then uh, Tunde posted on her Instagram about uh, her love of the new ABC show Queens starring, among others, Brandy. But I thought it was interesting because um, I don't know if you had a chance to, to watch the whole thing. I didn't post the whole thing because it was long. But she did a, an entire story about about how much she's looking forward to the show. And to me, it comes across as an ad. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Is ABC paying her to talk <laughs> about the show? Because I think that they are. I don't know. That could very well be. I mean, that's I, a new level. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't know if it's just a show she's excited about. It's a because it's about a. Uh, a fictional 90s R&B group. I mean, she said that, she loved it, but that she, reunites. First, she first sat on her couch and talked about it. And then she posted the next several were like all the different queens that are going to be, you know, performing at this right. thing. Also, ABC is the same station that Dancing with the Stars is on. So I just think this is a bigger deal than it sounds like at first blush. Yes, I, I was having the same thought that if that if it is an ad and, and that's fine, oh, like yeah, don't yeah, begrudge yeah. her that's that. Not, that's not um, a negative thing. But that if it is an ad, I think it is insight into how much of an impact they think Cody is having on Dancing with the Stars. If they're like, oh, we need our Peloton people. We need other Peloton people to talk about other shows. It helps. I Yes, I agree. Speaking of that, while you're pulling up the next thing, uh, you know, Cody is out there teaching in the uh, temporary studio. They have him at one of the showrooms in California. And so he is teaching from an actual like showroom. A oh, store. Wow. that's yeah, cool. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. What a great way to use that. The space they already have. And then Adrian Williams was interviewed by Emily Abate. Is that how you say it? I think it is. Yeah. And she's she was actually going to interview him today. And uh, and so she has her own podcast, which I believe is called Emily Abate. And so th- that's pretty big deal because that means that next week we'll be, be well, whenever she gets a chance to post it, we'll be able to uh, share that Adrian Williams is doing another podcast. Awesome. Yeah. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these i just had toast which you love because you have toast almost every day i do it was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that i've ever had and if you're doing the math it's zero to one grams of net carbs zero gram sugar and high in fiber so don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Clip out. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube is Angelo here to answer all of your nutrition questions. Hello. Hi. Hey, guys. Great to be back. <laughs> uh, we are glad to have you. Uh, we got another loaded question for you, though. Uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, this one is from our listener, Chris Gallant. Uh, he would like to know, when losing weight to reach a target, let's say two pounds per week, how do you yeah. balance 
adding calories for long runs and long rides. Okay, so there's there's two components. For the run component, I want to come back to the two pounds a week uh, okay. concept. Doesn't work like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to address that. But for the how do I manipulate for uh, runs and long rides, what you do is you're going to leverage your base meal plan. So in MetPro, we call that their their base meal plan. And what my athletes, my endurance athletes, my long distance runners, cyclists, triathletes have is their base meal plan. And then they have their intra-training fuel, their their intra-training supplement routine, where they know that they're getting so many uh, grams of carbohydrates uh, per hour per run when they're doing their longer runs. This doesn't necessarily apply. You don't need to worry about this for short stuff. I'm, I'm defining short as stuff that's an hour, hour and a half or less. This is, you know, the, those folks that are up in the, the two and a half, three hour plus range. That routine, we don't mess with. Your body needs that if it's going to perform at the time you take it. There, there is a, a little wiggle room and are you doing a lot or little, but, but basically leave that intact and it will be organically adjusting. In other words, you're always going to get the right amount because you're having more if you're training more hours and you're having less if you're training less hours. So it naturally adjusts to your needs. Okay. You want to use your base meal plan ideally your breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks uh, as a rough static base and manipulate that as your lever for weight loss or weight gain. And that's going to be a little more uh, strategic approach. By the way, I have seen it both ways. You can leverage both, but this is the way that I have found to produce the most consistent, reproducible result with my clients is to use their base static meal plan outside of their recovery routine to trigger weight gain or weight loss. Okay. So to answer his question, what you're saying is make sure you're taking the fuel you need for your long runs. Don't change that. What you want to do is change what you eat on a regular basis. That's where you want to. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And so here, here's the other thing. You don't lose two pounds per week. So that is a, and it's not that that's too much. It's not that's too little. It's that the body doesn't do consistent the way most people think. What happens is when we look at weight loss and we go, okay, a study group of, you know, a thousand people who lost X amount of of pounds over the course of this many months, they averaged this amount of weight loss a week. That's blending a bunch of numbers into a median average. It's a good general start that you can go, hey, I'm about on the right page, but I want to give you a snapshot of what real world weight loss for our clients look like. So I'm going to use the, an example of somebody who has, let's say, 50 pounds to lose. Week one, after we baseline test and figure out their exact threshold, what triggers weight loss for them. Very common to lose three, four pounds in the, in the first week. So double, double that two pound mark. Why? Because it's new. It's a contrast between what your body is used to and what you have changed it to. Then the second week, maybe they lose three pounds. Then the third week, they're down to two pounds. Fourth week, maybe another two pounds. Fifth week, they only lose one pound. Sixth week, they lose nothing. Everyone plateaus. That's the body doing its job and finding a way to keep you alive. Sixth week, okay, maybe one pound. Seventh week, zero pounds, okay. Your body's acclimated. 
Now we adjust their diets. So there's contrast there again. And all of a sudden the next week, seventh week, eighth week, they lose three pounds. Then they lose two pounds. Then they lose one pound. And then we have to change something again. So there, that's where a little bit of the sport in weight loss and science and art in weight loss comes in. So wouldn't it be, well, I want to lose two pounds a week. So every time I'm not meeting this threshold, I change something with my diets. Well, yeah, that, that works if you have plenty to take out, because here's our levers. We can reduce your calories or we can reduce your carbohydrates. Generally, we're not going to mess with your protein. And we want to find about the right base level of your fats. We have a little wiggle room there, but basically the biggest levers are going to be your overall calories and your carbohydrates. So if I have enough room in your diet to remove carbs or calories every third week for six months at a time, great. You don't have that much room. Okay. You don't have that much room. That makes perfect sense. And that, that matches what we see for what, we, yeah, what we're doing. Yeah. yeah, what we're seeing. Okay. And so some people have, I'll let somebody sit at a point where I will accept slower weight loss as long as I do see progress. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I'll see where somebody's at based on how much metabolic leverage they have. And even with some slight slowing, I'm going to say, okay, time out. We're going to make an adjustment here because I know we can address this. Keep in mind, we have a whole nother tool set over here. We're talking just nutritionally. You can leverage exercise as well. Right. So sometimes it's, hey, your weight loss has slowed a little bit. I'm not going to decrease calories or carbs. We're going to add one extra training session. You got to earn it. Cardio <laughs> sessions. You got to earn it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and ultimately, if you're listening, know this. You are going to reach this state. There's going to be a point in time where you have no more exercise to leverage not, not because you've, you're training eight hours a day, but because you have kids and a job and a mortgage and there are literally only so many hours in a week. So you have maximally leveraged how much exercise you can do. And there is no more to take out of your diet. And we, oh, that won't happen. To me. That will happen. <laughs> Unless you have just three pounds to lose, that happens to everyone. When you reach that point, it's not the end of the world. It's just your body's acclimated. So how do you fix that? We have to reset your metabolism, go through a performance phase, a revving cycle, where it's all about getting your body used to more food, getting your body used to more, if you can't add volume, intense training, rev that metabolic rate back up, and then you go for cycle two or three of cutting, and you can start taking things back out with results again. That awesome. makes sense. And if you would like to try and find those results for yourself, where can they find you? <laughs> you can come talk to us at metpro.co slash TCO. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Peloton in the news. PR Week had uh, a nice piece about how Peloton uh, took a stand with racism and uh, doing their small part to combat it. Not that what they're doing is small, but in the grand scheme of things. They're using their platform yes. for things that they uh, feel very strongly about. And, you know, um, it's it's interesting. It's most interesting to me that they talk about the series, the Breathe In, Speak Up series that Dr. Chelsea Jackson Roberts did. 
But if you think about that, that's been over a year Mm -hmm. since that occurred, the George Floyd Floyd murder occurred. And that's whenever this series started. And I just think that it's interesting that it's over a year later and it's still generating press. And I think that that speaks to how different and unique Peloton is in how they are approaching this and how they, they are sustaining the, the approach they're not they didn't just do a one-time thing this is something that they say that they are committed to and they continue to show how they are committed and i think that that is the most interesting thing to me about this article yeah and on the heels of that there's an article in fortune.com talking about how leaders from peloton and chobani and other things i think it's chobani chobani i don't know is that a yogurt? It what is. is. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, it's of course either, you don't know it because it's, it's yogurt. I was like, it's either yogurt or a design designer purse. <laughs> I don't know. But how they uh, basically earn their purpose and build their brand around, you know, things that matter. And I, I thought it was interesting in the article they talk about what Peloton does and, and how they, they try to consciously ask themselves, have they earned the right to talk about this thing or, or is it performative you know, which they get accused of by people who don't want them to do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but uh, absolutely. Um, suddenly they care about what's performative. But I just thought it was fascinating, the the thought process that goes into what they take up and to what degree. But I mean, that that's what I keep saying about Peloton, that I feel like people just act like it's another company and it's not just another company. There are so many companies out there that never spend 10 seconds having those thoughts, those conversations, let alone months on end. And so I, I really wish that people that more people could grasp that it's it's not a flash in the pan because they are thoughtful about things like that. Yeah. The realdeal.com, which is a New York real estate news website, had an article about uh, why landlords need to think like Peloton. This amused me. Did it? It did. I don't know if you had a chance to read this one. A little bit, but it was basically just like, don't be a dick. Yeah, but not just don't be a dick because it was also like do more like if you're so speaking when they talk about Peloton, they talked about the fact that you have a bike and you ride it, but there's all these other things happening like it's an experience. It's not just a bike. It's about, you know, the the big moments when they have an artist collaboration or a big celebration for pride or whatever. It's all the celebrations that we go through together. And so it's not just a bike it's the lighting it's the sound it's all of it so don't just be a real estate place like don't just be a place that somebody lives like do more and they talked about the fact that um this guy the ceo ven guy his last name is ven he goes through and and like on his properties he has like a website for the properties and like when you go to it there's a there's a whole bunch of hand-picked community events that you you can do and he like tries to be very what's the word like he's trying to cultivate a community around where he lives and where where these people live not just it's a home it's where i throw my bags down and so i thought it was an interesting way to get clicks um because they added the word peloton in it but also it's a good example and i think back to what i was just saying about more companies needing to do things like this it's it he is, and that's great. Yeah, they're basically saying he creates engagement, and so his properties have less turnover, which I don't always know if all landlords want low turnovers, because like normally <laughs> when you get new renters, you can charge them more than the annual increase you can give a, yeah, a regular but it's ex- person. it's exhausting finding new renters. That, there is also that, <laughs> although I don't know if it's all that difficult in New York. But, I, I don't know. Yeah. 
Uh, NPR sat down with Dara Traceder, the uh, chief marketing. She's got a fancier title than that, but she's in charge of making sure you know about things. She's the big wig. Yes. She's the senior vice president, head of global marketing and communications. That's a lot. I know. Yeah. But uh, it's just a wisdom from the top is what the what the episode was called or the show is called. It's just fascinating to see. All well, the people so making you never around. said. So she was on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> she I, was I, on, I said NPR. Oh, I didn't hear you. Yeah. Say that. <laughs> I was so focused on finding her title. I didn't hear you. My yes. bad. <laughs> yes. She was on an NPR podcast um, with Guy Raz. Guy Raz. Guy Raz. That guy. Uh, that guy. <laughs> he must have a lot of podcasts. Because isn't he the one that did How I Built This? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Which Peloton has been part of? Motley Fool has uh, an article. I mean, they do a lot of Peloton articles, but this one uh, was a little bit different. It's just about uh, can Peloton ride the bike to new heights and just uh, all the tweaks that they've made and how it will affect their uh, fiscal earnings report coming up in the not too distant future. Yeah, um, actually, it's uh, November 4th at 5 p.m. Eastern, if anybody wants to know. And we will, of course, be reporting on that. Of course. Of course. Ad Age has a, an article, the latest data on beauty influencers, mm-hmm. Peloton versus iFit. Yeah, uh, I thought this was very interesting um, because it taught, I mean, we've talked about this on the show before about how they've both done very well in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, John has been on many times talking about that that iFit has, they've done a lot to up their, their game and they're spending in 2021, May of 2021, was actually really close to Peloton. They spent $418 million at Peloton. iFit spent $379 million. So the spending is very close to Peloton. However, the revenue is not. Yeah. Now, they both doubled, but um, worldwide revenue for Peloton is at $4 billion and iFit is $1.7 billion. So to me, it's fascinating that the ad spend is very close, but the revenue is not. I think the difference is all the unearned media or earned media, I guess is what they call it, that, you know, that Peloton gets, i.e., the news articles and the the Twitters and Instagrams, or I guess Instagram primarily of their instructors. It's they're they're just a part of the zeitgeist in a way that iFit is not. It will be interesting to see what happens with their IPO that got put on hold. Yeah. Business Insider has an article with tips on how to get hired at Peloton. And I guess the first thing you got to do is subscribe to Business Insider because it's behind a paywall and I can't read it. Yeah. So let me give you the rundown. It's interesting. What's interesting about this is they changed the title. So they interviewed, uh, I don't even remember who they interviewed at Peloton, another big wig. But the interesting thing is that they said that there were going to be 3,000 new jobs at Peloton in the next 18 months. 3,000. Thousand. Wow. And that was actually what the headline was. Now, I don't know why it changed, but it did. And now it's called How to Get Hired at Peloton. But what they tell you is basically don't be a consumer of Peloton and try to get a job at Peloton. In other words, if your big move is I love Peloton, look elsewhere. 
That's, really? that's not enough. Like they don't. They, they're like you're not impressed. Not at all. Yeah. For, first of all, tons of people love Peloton. Right. But that's not even the the big problem with it. The big problem with it is that you understand Peloton as a consumer, not as an employee of the company. They said that um, for their trucking company people, like the people who like you know move stuff from point A to point B. I'm really terrible with words, and I am <laughs> not thinking of the t- proper title. Yeah. But at any rate, they actually make them watch videos to get an idea of what a typical day at Peloton looks like because they don't want you thinking that you need to look like an instructor that you need to know the instructors that you need to you need to come in there and see things as a consumer they want you to come in and and have a job perspective so so yeah don't don't they're like it's great to hear about who your favorite instructor is we all have favorite instructors but don't that's don't fan out nope yeah. That's not that's not the goal. I get that. I get, I think like I got hired f- to work for the Blues when yeah. I was younger, the St. Louis Blues, <laughs> the hockey team. And I, and they said after I got hired, one of the things they liked about me is that I didn't care about hockey. That so many people can't come in wanting to meet the hockey players and like I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Literally. I literally <laughs> like I yeah, it's a long story, but yeah. <laughs> I I literally introduced myself to one of the team's legends, not realizing he was one of the team legends. Yeah. And he thought it was really funny. But um, so, I mean, I totally get it. I, the, in the ultimate irony, and if you've ever wanted to see Crystal Sourface, get ready. Here's the ultimate irony. You're just get, you're gearing it up. I haven't even said anything yet. Look at I, that. I can tell it's going to be bad. You know what this means in the grand scheme of things? That you could get hired at Peloton. I have a better me. chance to get hired at Peloton than you do. <laughs> True story. True story. But um, they also gave other tips like, uh, you know what? Uh, don't don't come in and be super focused on what background you have from like what school you went to, etc. Be focused on what skills you have and showing that they work like they want. They want provable points. Yeah. But I thought it was also interesting that they said it was harder to get into working at Peloton than Harvard. Uh, f- the average the average open job position has 400 applicants 400 wow yeah that's insane a former peloton marketer has been scooped up by aura it is aura rings oh i said it right and so these are the rings that like they're like my whoop but yeah but but it's a ring yeah which is clever it is clever yeah um i don't i have my doubts about aura but i know a lot of people like them but at any rate uh i think that is absolutely fascinating that they scooped up a peloton person because i know how much they make and we just heard about (laughs) how hard it is to get hired so fascinating that aura was able to now i don't know did they had they left peloton before or did like they come and headhunt them from peloton because that's that seems impossible to me i'm not gonna lie yeah no i uh yeah it it seems Hard to believe, but you never know. You never know. Indeed. And some people, they don't like to stay in a place very long. Maybe she did her time and she's like, okay, I'm ready to go try something new. Yeah. Well, it's uh, Karina Kogan, if you're curious, anybody out there. Forbes thought it was a big deal because that's why she's in Forbes magazine. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, Peloton is apparently getting more aggressive about moving into West Australia. Yes, yes. I was like struggling with that WA. I was like, what does that mean? West Australia. Yes. So um, as we know, you know, we've been talking about for several weeks now that Australia is the next place that Peloton is growing, but now they're moving into West Australia. So this will be interesting to see what kind of uh, growth and traction they get there. But so far, according to this article, it is going very well over in Australia. So that is awesome to hear. Peloton Artist Collaboration. 
There is yet another new artist series, and in case you didn't just feel the earth shift under you, Beyonce is back. <laughs> she is, and uh, okay, so they said when they announced Beyonce last year, it was going to be a multi-year deal, right? Right, like three, right? And this is a three-year deal. Yeah, three-year yeah. deal. I couldn't remember if it was two or three, so I'm glad you remembered three because that's where I was landing too. The thing about this is, it is not just that it's Beyonce, which is great. But it is the amount of classes. So the last couple of times we've had artist collaborations and I've been like, oh, man, they're not even doing a run. They're doing like a strength and a walk or whatever. Right. Tom, there are 72 hours of content. (laughs) I guess she had a whole year to make them. There's three (laughs) classes or three days worth of classes. And most there's not that many live classes, but there there's classes every day for three days that are live and tons. And I mean, tons of on demand classes. Every category that Peloton has is covered here. So I have to say, though, that um, I have been hearing a lot of people be like, eh, Beyonce, whatever. I did the classes. And I have to say, I, I like Beyonce, but I did expect that whenever I took a class, it was going to be kind of similar to the playlist sure. of last year, like, you know? She doesn't have 72 hours of songs, so now what? Yeah. The songs were all different. Yeah. Everything was different, and I took Robin's live class last night, and it freaking slayed, man. It was so good. It was so good. It was just awesome. I had no idea that Beyonce, in the middle of one of her songs, does a cover of You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette, for example. And that was played last night. Yeah. And it was freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. Uh, but the whole class was. And um, so, you know, I, I get that there might be some people like, we've already done this. I'm not into it. I just would say, give it a try anyway. You never know. I was so pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it. Well, that's awesome. And I, yeah, I know that there's a lot of people that are like, like oh, but it's like not everything has to be for you. And Beyonce's a big deal whether you like her or not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't doesn't change the fact that she's a big damn deal. Yeah, exactly. Peloton birthdays. And then finally, uh, we have two birthdays coming up this week. On October 24th, you can say happy birthday to Matt Wilpers. This is where you say happy birthday to Matt Wilpers. Happy birthday, Matt Wilpers. (laughs) And then on October 25th, you can say happy birthday to Emma Lovewell. Happy birthday, Emma Lovewell. (laughs) Now you get it. (laughs) Checking in with the Peloton community. So joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Katie Johnson. Hey, Katie, how's it going? Hi, how are y'all doing? Good. How are you? Doing uh, well. So you've had your Peloton for a long time, right? Mm. I've yeah. had it for, let's see, I got it in March of 2018. Okay. So, okay. you know, three and a half years now. I think I'm kind of in that, I'm not early, but I'm also didn't get it during COVID. So well, yeah. I feel like yeah. those are the th- real phases now. There's like OG and then yeah, there's, there's like the OG like 2014. Yeah, and then there's like pre-pandemic. Yeah, and right. then pandemic, COVID. and then post-pandemic. I, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm like the Gen X of Peloton, <laughs> and I'm Gen X in life, so it just works. So you do all your rides like in flannel shirts and <laughs> do you wear a yes, beanie and they're all very emo and i'm you, angry the whole you, time you yeah. clip in with doc martens 
<laughs> Actually, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. Although I think if it were possible, Christine Dericola would have done it already. Yeah. Uh, true that. True that. <laughs> Absolutely. So what made you get the Peloton then? Like, how did you first hear about it? Well, a couple things. I was not an athlete growing up. And Tom, your stories about being on the T-ball team and like a hotness. I totally relate to that. That was me. I was on the debate team as a sport when I was in high school. (laughs) But I did in my 20s, I started running. And then I just I like that because nobody was around me. It wasn't competitive. I did run races and stuff, but I just didn't want to be last. So yeah, that's my goal. That's right? my goal. I totally yeah. get that goal. Well, you know, my first 5K I ever did, I did come in third from last. So. <laughs> but that's not last. It's not last. And Great. I have yeah. come in at the very end. Yeah. When I did my duathlon in uh, Alabama, I was like, like legit third from last. And there was like, I'm pretty sure a lady in her 60s passed me. Yeah. And I was yeah. a little like, what is wrong with me? You but know? you finished. I did. Right? So I that's did finish. What I, always, I always tell myself or like my kids are straight. I'm like, you know what? You're still ahead of the people at home on the sofa. Yeah, that's so, true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, hard to remember in that moment. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. So I started running when I was in my twenties and then I just kind of kept running. It was something I could do. And, you know, it didn't require a lot of equipment other than good shoes so I, I moved to England for a couple of years. My oh, husband wow. is English. Yeah. So it's a long story, but my husband is English and I met him and then we got engaged and I moved over to the UK for two years and then we came back, but I could just kind of run the whole time, right? It's something you can take with you anywhere. Right. Sure. And so in 2014, I ran, I guess my second half marathon. And by the end, I had plantar fasciitis so bad, I could barely walk. I mean, I made it through the half and then I was like, I have to figure something out. So I went to a podiatrist and he was like, well, you can spin. And I said, hmm. And so I called one of my friends who is my neighbor, who is a spin instructor, actually. And I was like, okay, Dina, like, what do I do? And she's like, come to my class. So, (laughs) So she taught at this boutique studio called Burn Athletic. And it was a great place. They had three rooms. They had yoga, including hot yoga. They had spin and they had boot camp. So it was a really nice offering. And then for one price, you could kind of access all of these things. And so so I started going to burn and I got really into all the different things. I'd never done boot camp before. I'd never done hot yoga before. And I got into the spin. I really enjoyed all that stuff. And then eventually I was able to add the running back in, right? So I did that for a few years and just loved it. And then it was actually in the summer of 2018. So right after I got my Peloton, Burn closed. And so we were all very sad. There were kind of a group of regulars who we were just kind of despondent about it. But that's when I really threw myself into Peloton. But I will say when we kind of heard that there was a chance that Burn could close, that's when I was like, "Hmm," I started hearing about the Peloton. And the first thing I heard was, I got a direct mailer. And I mean, I got a postcard in the mailbox. I'm in marketing. So by nature, I'm very suspicious of direct mail pieces. (laughs) I totally get that. (laughs) I just was like mesmerized by this idea. And so I went online and I saw the bike and I saw it was $2,000. And I chatted with the rep and I was like, so it's just the bike and it's $2,000. Is that the deal? And she was like, that's the deal. And I was like, "Hmm, I'll talk to you later. But then they have a pop-up store in the mall here. And so my husband saw it and he came home and he was like, oh, I've seen this thing called Peloton. (laughs) It's a good thing your husband is actually British or that would be insulting. (laughs) 
right? No, he really talks like that. Actually, if he were here, he'd be like, I don't talk like that. He thinks my British accent is terrible, which is pretty much it. Wait, when he's recounting your conversations, does he do an Does he American- do an American accent? Okay, so I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, but I'm from Nashville. And Richard's Tennessee accent is just the worst Southern accent I have ever heard. <laughs> and he- <laughs> I've noticed that like whenever someone like not whenever, but a lot of times when someone who's English, if they're not good at accents, if they try to do an accent, an American accent, they like they default to John Wayne. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. funny. Yeah. Does he do John Wayne? No, he he doesn't do John Wayne. He tries to do this. I can't even like it's not great, but (laughs) regular accent. That's the thumbs up. You know? (laughs) Chick-stick accents, man. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is that when he's, I, I always tell him, like, it's great to have a husband who has this great accent. It's, it's wonderful until they say something you don't want to hear. Like when he says, actually, you're wrong. It sounds like 10 times worse. Oh, yeah. It, because then that. it comes across as like super arrogant. Yeah. And you're like, actually, you're just not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, well, actually, Benny Hill's not funny. <laughs> Get him right where he lives, man. That's... No, that is Blackadder. Blackadder's not funny. <laughs> well, I don't know about that part. But... Oh, so, um, you know, I can't believe we found a pop culture reference that, that you don't want to know. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, like Blackadder's funny. Oh. <laughs> Blackadder's <laughs> You guys are just going to have to agree to disagree yeah. on this one. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. We totally interrupted yeah, we you. Did. So sorry. Oh, no. So I, he saw the mall. So we're kind of going back and forth. And then about a month after this kind of going back and forth conversation, my boss who named Lori pulled me into her office and she told me, she's like, Katie, I've got good news. You got a bonus this year. So I'm so excited. And she's like, she looked at me and she said, now, Katie, I'm married with two kids and mom and all that kind of stuff. She said, Katie, you cannot spend this money on your children, on anything practical. You have to treat this money like it fell from the sky. I like your boss. I looked at her and I went, I'm getting a Peloton. (laughs) (laughs) And so now, like, every time I have a milestone, she's the first one to comment and stuff like that. Now, does she um, have a Peloton or ride Peloton? She does not have a Peloton. But like you, Crystal, I've gotten a lot of referral codes (laughs) over the years. That's awesome. Wow. So now, does your husband ride the Peloton? It's interesting. He did a few times. He plays tennis and golf and stuff. But recently he's gotten into, he's done the total strength program. He's done it like he does it once and then he does it again. So he's done that a few times. He's also started doing, they've got a intro to cycling kind of program that he's started. And so he did some beginner rides. And then the other day he did a 15 minute Robin ride. And he was like, that was unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> So um, he's getting more and more into it. But the only thing about sharing the bike is that they mess with your seat height. I mean, there's like a whole thing there. And you have to add Um, in like 10 minutes to put it back. Right? Yeah. It's a lot easier with the bike plus, though. It is a lot easier. Oh, that's good. Now, I have not personally had that problem. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah, I will will say that. Tom's just doing it for you, right? (laughs) It says I'm a caring husband. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> I'll let that slide since you're tonaling these days, Tom. But otherwise, <laughs> no. Okay, so now what about anybody else in your family? Does anybody else use Peloton? Well, my kids will use it occasionally, like in the you know in the house and stuff. But I've gotten several family members to get bikes. Although one family member had it before me and my cousin. I have a cousin, Jeannie, who is, she and I are four days apart. She's four days younger than me. Oh, wow. And so we both grew up in Nashville. And obviously, if you're four days apart, they kind of treat you like you're almost twins. So we were together a lot when we were younger. But then, you know, we went to different high schools and we went to college in different cities and she lives in Chicago. And then I found out that one day she just kind of randomly posted on Facebook about her bike ride. And I was like, you got a Peloton. <laughs> and, um, and so we started riding together and then I had just kind of started in to power zone at that time. And then I sucked her into Power Zone and now we're on the same Power Zone team. <laughs> and we went to homecoming together in 2019. And actually, I met you all there briefly. Yeah, I um, remember that. Yeah. yeah. So it's been wonderful to ride the bike with Jeannie. And then Jeannie and I convinced our uncle to get one. We convinced my mother to get one. I've convinced my brother and sister-in-law in the UK to get one. Wow. And that referral code works over the ocean. So that's a good thing. Oh, awesome. good to know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then recently my sister got one. So I'm doing my best to get all, everybody in my family. Riding. I feel like there needs to be like a family reunion. Like everybody brings their bikes and lines them up. And then like you like test out the calibration. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But you had mentioned when we were talking before this that things with Peloton and COVID got a little crazy. Like, so tell us about that. So during COVID, it was just a great way. I mean, obviously my husband and my kids, we live in Raleigh, but we don't have any other family here. Okay. And then my cousin's in Chicago, all my parents, all my families in Nashville. And then we've got my brother and sister-in-law in the UK. And it's just been wonderful to have something we can do together. Yeah. Sure. To meet my cousin on the bike, um, <laughs> to meet my mom on the bike. Um, to meet or to beat? Meet. Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> that makes more sense. No, no meet. <laughs> meet. Yes. Okay. And how awesome is it? Like there've been a few times where I've gotten on the bike and like, my brother and sister-in-law to ride live with them like you know they're five hours ahead like that's super cool so (laughs) but it's my mom actually does the power zone challenges just like Jeannie and I do and she's not on our team she's like honey I just don't want to embarrass you but I mean I don't really know how she could because (laughs) she's well you know how these challenges work right Right. we're on a three-ride team but really, that means four rides. Right. And My then there's like is, eight extra things you also have to do. They've changed it. So now it's just the four. Okay. Rod is just four rods. Okay. They have adjusted it. But my mom gets max points every week. <laughs> and How would, would she embarrass that you? That would embarrass you. Why? Is, wait, is she saying exactly. that you're not good enough? Like, wow, exactly. is this like reverse psychology? Yeah. Is she saying you'd yeah, embarrass like, her? I don't think so. It's like anyway. My skill level would embarrass you. Yeah, yeah. yeah she loves it, and it's been. She's the only person I've ever used video chat with. Is my mother? That's the only person I would like want to see, or I would not want, but at least allowed to see me, and I'm. <laughs> I call her and I'm like, how you doing? 
Hassan, how are you? And then we kind of sign off. uh, (laughs) On those 90 minute endurance rides, that's been great because I didn't really get to see her for 18 months. Wow. So because she has some underlying health conditions and until the vaccine, I wasn't able to see her. I was you know, I would go to Nashville and I was able to see my dad and stepmom because their health is not as compromised as my mom's. But my mom, I couldn't see her. So it was, it's been great to have that outlet and be able to ride with her. I bet. I can't even imagine how hard that would be. I mean, I went a pretty long time without seeing my family, but we were able to do a couple of very quick visits, just Tom and I, a couple of times. Yeah. But we only live a couple hours away. I'm not yeah. really sure how far Nashville is from it's like 525 miles. Ooh. So yeah. it's neighboring states, but it's still pretty far. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's yeah. just a one hour flight, but during COVID, nobody really wanted to do that. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a great way to kind of, to, I guess, still have activities you can do with your family and things like that. And I've just really enjoyed it. That's yeah. awesome. And it's good that she's got something. Yeah. yeah. Well, she and my stepdad both there, they do a lot of like mountain biking and stuff anyway. That's how I knew they would like the bike. Wow. And my mom's like, her fitness is like improved. So when she does her outdoor rides, she has actually does better now because she's doing all the power zone stuff. So that's, that's cool. so cool. Yeah, that's great. I know. Yeah. And I got us these matching mugs that say, sorry, I can't. I have plans with Matt Wilbur's. <laughs> 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 so now is that do you ride like exclusively with Matt because uh no, there's I all don't. the instructors now that do no, power zone. I do and I don't do exclusive power zone either. Okay. And I still run um probably not as much as I did but I have found that with the power zone I've been able to like right before covid I ran another half marathon and I had a PR and I was eighth in my age group. Remember, I was third from the last, right? The yeah. Right. <laughs> so this was not something I really saw in the cards for me. <laughs> but I really think what made the difference was just that I didn't run actually as much as I had in the past when I trained for races. But because I was doing all that, my endurance was still good because of power zone. But I also, I do a good amount of strength and then I ride with a lot of different instructors and not just the other power zone instructors either. I love Cody and I really kind of discovered Liam lately. I really like her. Mm-hmm. Ben is great. There's kind of an instructor for every purpose, really. I haven't come across one that I'm like, please, God, no. <laughs> um, I will say that for a long time, I just kind of thought Jess King was, I was like, other people love her, but she's not really my cup of tea. Yeah. And do you remember that Jess King experience ride she did with Dennis where they wore the matching glitter chaps? Oh, yes. And I was yes. like, I don't know. I think that's a bit much. <laughs> but lately, I did some of her Pilates rides and I've done some walks with her and I find her to be really engaging and interesting. So, when I'm doing a power zone challenge, a lot of times the warm ups that I do are like the more, I don't want to say the non power zone instructors. So you get a little bit of everything, but that's a good um, way to mix it yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, it makes a difference. And also, if you're doing a lot of strength classes, you feel like, like a lot of those tread instructors, like I've only done a handful of tread classes when I was visiting my in laws and they had a treadmill, but. I feel like I know Maddie and Jess and stuff as just as much as some of the others because I've done so many strength classes with them. So, so do you have a preferred instructor? Put you on well, I kind of default to Matt, but at the same time, you know, I really don't. I really kind of like them all for different things. Now, some I certainly take more classes with than others, and I really like Matt and Ben and Leanne and Cody. 
and Dennis and Christine, but I keep going. <laughs> and, 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 right? and, yeah. So I think the answer is no. <laughs> it, sounds, it does. Yes. So what about like from a social media perspective, do you hang out in one of their groups more often than others? Yeah, well, I'm in the menaces and then I'm in the power zone pack. And then my power zone teams are more active than others. But mine, it's been around for since late 2018. And I started on that team in January of 2019. And I actually was a team lead for about a year. I've taken last challenge and I'm going to take this challenge off just because I got a lot going on. But it's just, that's kind of my group of people that I talk to the most about Peloton. I mean, other than like strangers who ask, <laughs> family members who didn't ask. And, you know, my kids are like, please not the power song. <laughs> um, but it's, that has been the ride or die team three, nine. Our name is always some kind of variation on the ride or die theme. Like right now it's a safari theme. So we're pride or die. We've been <laughs> Jedi or die. We've been... We've had a lot of variations on the theme, but that's where I kind of hang out the most. That's nice that you guys have had that long of a run that you've ridden together. It used to be that way for the 6 a.m. crew because the 6 a.m. crew used to always ride together. And then COVID changed kind of all that. So it's not really a thing anymore. (laughs) I was looking because I like to ride at 6 a.m. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm an early morning person for sure. And I was like this week, I noticed like there's no live 6 a.m. rides at all. Like tomorrow, I think I'm going to do like there's a lot of on cores and stuff. And I don't know if that's some of that's people being out. Yeah. Some of that's people being on vacation and things like that. But last gasp of summer. Yeah, exactly. But some of it is just it's never really great in the morning. And then the tread classes don't start until seven. So it's Um, like you can't do a live run or a ride. So it stinks. (laughs) Yeah, that is hard. That is hard. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And it always comes, it always seems to come back around. I try not to just get too hung up on it or complain about it. Exactly. Yeah. Because it'll always come back around. I just accepted, okay, well, this is how I'll just catch up on all the stuff I didn't get to do. So this is. (laughs) And I'm able, during COVID, I've been able to work from home. And so, um, so sometimes I'll sneak in, like when Robin did the Aretha Franklin ride, I snuck that in over lunch because it was Aretha Franklin. So right. we, oh, Priorities. Oh. Hello. <laughs> what is your leaderboard name? It's KT Hammer, which is my actual name. So <laughs> Hammer is my maiden name. Gotcha. So I was so excited when they came and they gave me the bike and they were like, I had to do a leaderboard name and. And I always want to be KT Hammer, but it's always taken on every platform, but it wasn't taken on Peloton. So I was very pleased about that. And somebody (laughs) told me, I got my bike at like 1245 and I was on a live ride. My first ride was a live ride with Allie Love at like 130, right? (laughs) That's and how that she is was. exactly how I was. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, they told me at the showroom at the time because it wasn't like it is now. Their advice to me was take your first ride live because you'll probably get a stress shout out. Yep. Now you almost never yeah. hear that before, but then you always did. But when I did it, I put my name in as all lowercase. And so Allie did give me a shout out, but she shouted out Kathammer. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a good D and D name, though. Yeah. If you ever have yeah, to play a character in play. Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, you can Kathammer. Well, yeah, that's great, Kathammer. Yeah, Kathammer. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so then I changed the capitalization, so it's KT Hammer. Good well, thinking. I've gotten many high fives from KT Hammer, and I love it. <laughs> so, I do really like to do that. <laughs> so, aside from capitalization, do you have advice for people who are just now getting their Peloton? Yeah. You know, I have some of my advice is the same advice that everybody gets. You should really ride with every instructor. But there's one piece of advice that I got from from a past guest on your show that I Mm -hmm. haven't heard very often that is really wrong true for me, which is you should revisit instructors that you think you don't like. Yeah. So case in point is Jess King, because I kind of thought like, I don't know know about that. (laughs) Then I kind of actually I took some of her Pilates classes and I was like, oh, okay. And then next thing you know, I'm following her on Instagram and watching her make all those recipes and all this stuff. I think that's a good point, not just to revisit them, but revisit them in a different Different way. Like, yeah, Yeah. in your mood, but also a different class type. Like, it seems that you connected with the Pilates class, but maybe that gave you a way to open the door to connect with her and other class types. Where if you just kept taking her on the bike... If that's where you didn't connect with her, then that might have continued. But because you changed the venue, it kind of made things different. Because I feel like Robin is a completely different personality on the tread than she is is on the bike. I don't really know about how she is on the tread, but I feel like she's very different in her strength classes. Sometimes on her bike classes, I just kind of, I'm, Robin is wonderful and I, her classes are great, but sometimes you kind of feel like she's yelling at you a yeah, lot. Yeah. That's how I feel. But with the strength, it's almost like her tone is a lot more encouraging. And I think that's because she, it seems to me that she's very cognizant that a lot of people follow her on the bike. And the only reason they're trying strength classes is because Robin told them to. And so she wants in a good way. Right. Yeah, and right. so she's trying to kind of like they've trusted her enough yeah. to try something new. And so she takes that very seriously. And you can see that in the way she coaches the classes. And I like her a lot more in her strength than on the bike. Although that Aretha class, she coached that perfectly. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. I mean, she couldn't have done a better job with that. It was great. Well, I totally agree with you. And I haven't taken a lot of Robin's strength classes, but I definitely feel that she's different on the tread. So I think your advice is spot on that, like, you should try different instructors. Yes, go back to them, but also try them in a different venue because you might mm-hmm. have a different reaction in a different way. Yeah. So that's good advice. Really good advice. And I'm but glad she it, thinks like that because like that benefited me when we were dating. Like that I was dating you. Yeah, right. It benefited me that you that you thought like that. You're like, well, maybe I'll try when I'm in a different mood. Well, that's true because we actually met on social media twice. Because <laughs> we've the, never told this story. The, no, hear this. How did y'all meet? So we met on Plenty of Fish. Well, we met on, well, we met on Match.com. But yeah. she stopped talking no, no, to me. No, no, no. He stopped talking to you me. You stopped replying to me. He stopped emailing me. And, and so I was oh, just like, well, I guess she's um, not interested in me. And she, so then he never answered. So I just was like, okay, what else? No, and you stopped answering me. No, 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 no. You were the last one to respond. I can go back and find the email, Tom. <laughs> oh, you still have your match account? That's- oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So I just have to take your word for it. And so then, like six months later... I see him again and I see his little face and I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. I wonder what happened to him. And then and then he talked to me again. Then I messaged her and then she wasn't responding timely because she was very popular. She had lots of other boys to talk to. And so 
Good ones always do, Tom. <laughs> well, I was so she wasn't interested. Well, so. I was interested, but and you were emailing me, and everybody else was texting me. Well, I so don't know was... how that works. I didn't know that that was. I, it's all coming you to your know phone. What texting was? What do you care? <laughs> it wasn't was, that long ago? And I was trying to be polite and not be like the creepy guy that was like, "Hey, give me your phone number." And like, I was guys, like, "Honey, you are so non-creepy." He was like, "I don't even know what to do with this guy because everybody <laughs> else is like sending stuff I didn't ask for." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I met my husband in 2003 and so I some of that was out there but like I missed Tinder and I missed all that stuff and I am very glad although yeah. you know when I met my husband and I was living in Raleigh and he was living in the UK we both worked for the same company and we went to a work conference in Innsbruck Austria which is where we met oh wow and so I was talking to somebody who was talking to him and he goes he turned to me and he goes who the hell are you? <laughs> I said, I'm Katie Hammer. <laughs> and we've been married 16 years. So, Aww, you know. congrats. How about that? That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah, you, you should just... have had that engraved on his wedding band. Who the hell yeah. are you? Who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a friend of mine, a friend of a friend, her husband's wedding band says, put it back on. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> oh, well <laughs> oh, awesome yeah. well if you have to tell them to put it back on I know right it's probably but I think it's all in fun I yes like it's in fun but the thing is I wonder if, is it more about just losing it you know because he's forgetful De- you depends know on the day <laughs> I don't yeah I don't know. I don't want to think about other people's relationships. That's, you know, because you never really know what happens in another couple's no. relationship. It's very, no. you'll never know. No. <laughs> Nor should you. No. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. Before we let you go, where can people find you on social media if you would like to be found? On Facebook and Instagram, I'm Katie Hammer Johnson. And on Twitter, I just talk about work stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't do that much on Instagram, but on Facebook, I'm Katie Hammer Johnson. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank, thank you. you all so much for having me. <laughs> so, I guess that brings this episode to a close. What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? We are going to talk to Andy Medina. I am super excited about it. Awesome. Until then, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on the, where am I? Where am I? The it's, bike and the tread. The Instagram. bike and the tram. The tram. The tram. Oh, my word. <laughs> I think maybe that's what the British call a tread. <sighs> they have a different word for everything. Instagram, Twitter, the bike, the tread. I clip out Crystal. <laughs> and you can find me <laughs> on the dolly. I don't know. You can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Uh, you can find the show online, Facebook.com slash The Clip Out. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash The Clip Out. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep fighting. And running. And running.